Welcome to Generation Slay. Where we know that Gen Zers are shifting important narratives, changing the world, creating incredible content, and making a name for themselves in a big way. Each episode, we interview the Gen Z entrepreneurs, creatives, and innovators who are slaying it in their fields. I'm Gianluca Russo, a 21-year-old freelance writer based out of New York. My work primarily focuses on fashion, entertainment, and plus-size representation, and has been published in GQ, Glamour, Teen Vogue, Nylon, Vice, The Huffington Post, and more. When I'm not writing, I'm usually ranting about my dog or Ariana Grande. You can find me on social media at G underscore Russo one. And I'm Emma Havakorst, a 21-year-old Fordham University marketing major, writer, and consultant to both businesses and rising Gen Zers. I'm a chai latte and donut addict, and I spend most of my waking hours on Instagram, where you can find me at Emma Havy. Thanks everyone for tuning in to this week's episode. We're so excited to have Ziad Ahmad on to discuss his amazing companies, the power of Gen Z, and being a prominent voice of our generation. Ziad is a 20-year-old sophomore at Yale University. He's an unapologetic American Muslim Bangladeshi student activist, entrepreneur, and speaker. Ziad founded a teen organization, Redefy, committing to, committed to furthering equality in 2013. Redify has grown immensely with hundreds of students internationally on the team, over 3,000 likes on Facebook, and over 100,000 hits on Redify.org. Through Redify, Ziad has been recognized as a 2017 Global Teen Leader, a high school trailblazer by MTV, a top 15 young prodigy changing the world by Business Insider, a Diana Award winner, and a recipient of the Princeton Prize in Race Relations. As if that wasn't enough, as an entrepreneur, Ziad has co-founded Juve Consulting, which is a Generation Z marketing consultancy. He serves as the CEO of the company, growing the business to empower Generation Z with the opportunity to communicate directly with businesses about exactly what appeals to the youth. Additionally, he has given four TEDx talks, has spoken at forums such as the Council on Foreign Relations, he's written for publications like Teen Vogue, and he serves on boards such as the Marketing advisory board for do something.org. Uh, so hi Ziad, we're so happy to have you on the show today. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, of course. So let's start from the very beginning. Tell us about your backstory and the steps you had to take to get to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that I would be foolish to not start by saying, right, I think that every person included is a confluence, right? of our privileges and disadvantages. And so I own my privilege and own the fact that a lot of who I am and where I am today starts with having a phenomenal family and become and from and being from Princeton, New Jersey and the many privileges that's come with. Um, I think though that my story sort of starts um, in eighth grade, right? I grew up right in, as an American Muslim in a confusing and big world. Um, but I think a lot of things really clicked for me in middle school and I remember, you know, waking up to the realities uh, around me. I switched schools in seventh grade uh, from all boys Catholic school to a co-ed secular school. And I looked around, you know, the lunchroom and I saw how boys sat at one table and girls sat at another table. And as boys, we were expected to only talk about girls in sports. And I was like, I'm not here for that. And I started to think about how society pigeonholes so many of us into boxes and squares that we don't belong. And so many kids 
acted the way that they did, not because they didn't want to be different, but because they thought that they couldn't be, right? And so many people treated people inappropriately, not because they were being, they wanted to be mean, but because they didn't know better. And so I saw that in an arising climate of anti-Muslim bigotry, anti-blackness, misogyny, et cetera. And then at a time that there's a sort of presidential election happening concurrently, um, I just sort of woke up to a lot of the things that were happening around me and started to think critically uh, about them. And so my, at the end of eighth grade, I founded Redefine, this idea being that we need to tell each other stories better. You know, we need to tell, need to tell our own stories better and, you know, to, to, to listen to one another and to learn. So much of what happens in middle school and high school, it happens out of ignorance and not out of malice. And the way that we can re deconstruct that and the way that we can really build a more inclusive tomorrow, I believe, right, is by getting to know each other better, is by having platforms to talk about current events, to talk about identity, because so often that doesn't happen enough. And so I had no idea what the heck I was doing. Um, I started Redefy uh, when I was at the end of eighth grade. We launched at the beginning of ninth grade. But I knew there was a problem in the world around me in terms of stereotypes and lack of conversation, which just matter, and I wanted to fix that. And so I started Redefy and ended up finding myself in rooms that I never imagined and that's resonating in ways that I could have never dreamt of because all young people grapple with these questions and don't have really good outlets to talk about them. Um, and sort of everything that I am and where I've been is a reflection uh, of that. Wow, okay. I mean, obviously that's a lot. And to think about like where I was at when I was in middle school mentally and to see that that's what you middle school makes me feel a little bad about myself. No, no, no. But I think, I, no, I think very I, impressive. No, but I think a lot of us were having those same questions in middle school, right? I think a lot of us were asking ourselves, you Probably know, not so intelligent. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I wasn't, I, I, I don't, I didn't speak the way that I speak yeah. now then, right? Fair. Right? Yes. I, I asked these questions that I think a lot of young people ask themselves about sort of where is our role and then these hallways, you know, why are people treating me this way? Why am I dressing this way? And asking ourselves, you know, why is middle school this way? And, and why am I being treated at Y way? And why do people think I should be this based on how I dress or what I look like or et cetera? And I think that what uniquely positioned me is that I had a computer and I had friends, you know, that, that I could yeah. connect with and, and, and mobilize. And yeah, you know, I'm a driven person <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I make things happen, but... Yeah. I think that I was really privileged to have a lot of access to resources that right. helped empowered me to start something. Like just having a computer and having the time, you know, to spend on creating this and having amazing friends and network at schools and network of friends in many different schools created the environment that allowed Redefine to thrive. And then I'm from Bridgeton, New Jersey, that has so much local press and et cetera, to pick up our story. And so it was really a lot of confluence of events, but I think that a lot of young people um, have these questions but don't think that it's in the cards for them to start something like this but it has to be in events. And I think right. that we all can do it to different extents based on the cards that we were dealt by life. But I think that I was very lucky to get the cards that I had and I tried to play them right, you know, and I tried to do what I thought and what I continue to think is necessary. Um, and so to whatever extent we can all do that, I think it's yeah. super possible. And I don't think that middle school is at all ever too early to start. You're not wrong. So, you were talking about how sort of a lot of this importance is people being able to tell their stories and connect mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah. And that sort of connects to what I see your company do yeah. doing because you are, of course, like going to these major companies, like these are Gen Zers, yeah. talk to them yeah. rather than at them yeah. or guess what they want. So can you talk a little more about sort of how 
you launched this, how you brought this team together to yeah. power it, and some of the work you've been able to accomplish too. Yeah, absolutely. So first, I think that you're absolutely right, right? So my why as a person is I don't believe that any group of people should ever be talked about without that group of people present and right. centered as decision makers in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And so when I started Redefy, that was all about young people being able to tell their own stories to build more inclusive communities. and. Through that, I found myself in rooms, right? Like I mentioned, right? I was eating dinner with President Obama at 16, you know, and I was at White House roundtables and meeting with industry leaders, and I was so often the only person let under 30, let alone under 20, right? Yeah. And I was 16, 17 in these places, and I realized uh, there was such a disconnect, right? Mm -hmm. And there was so many questions that people had about young people, but we're getting really poor answers because the current mechanisms and understanding us are broken and depending on asking the wrong questions through broken mechanisms and through making assumptions about us and pretending like those are the answers. Mm -hmm. And so my junior year of high school, I looked around and I said, look, there's not a real way to co-create with young people right now. Yeah. Right? There's focus groups that treat us like guinea pigs and partners, and there's research that oftentimes takes so long that time comes out, our trends have shifted. Right. right. And so what we're really here to do is saying, no, no, no. Let's take a step back. You want to understand young people. Young people need to be centered in the conversations as decision makers, right? And so it does come from the same place of just believing in the voices of many, right? And Redefy was all about many of us telling our stories and many of us coming together. We still are. And Drew is the same way. It's not about me, right? Like I tell people, I'm most often the wrong person to be talking to. I do not speak unilaterally for two billion people, and I would be foolish yeah. to ever claim that. What I can say is I am incredibly proud to be a generation Zer, and I will find the right person and the right people for you to talk to that represent what you want to reach or want to understand. Right. And what we're about, what we do is we come to the table and we research, we do strategy, we do implementation to basically say, when our DNA is in something as young people, it feels different and feels better. Yes. Right? And if you want to be current and relevant and resonant, young people need to be included as decision makers in the conversation, really leading things forward and co-creating products, campaigns, and ideas in a real substantive way. And that's what we do. Right, and that shows up in all sorts of things. Right, that might be a cool research project. We're like actually just asking our peers, you know, like, yeah. what do you think of this company? It, what are our bread and butter strategies coming with full scale marketing concepts and full scale campaign ideas and really purpose ideas and social and social strategies? But a lot of our work is purpose driven, and we're a purpose driven company because we believe that the world is better and brighter when we empower young people and when young people have a seat at the table. But also, when a company comes to us and says they care about something, we're saying show up for it. And you know, yeah. we call things out, you know, and yeah. we say, you know, show up for this in meaningful ways and we encourage them to partner with youth for nonprofits and et cetera. And we do a lot of work with CSR departments and we try to really push purpose where we can. And then we also do implementation, right? We do experiential marketing, influencer marketing, et cetera. And we're all about being a solutions oriented company that says we want to make the world better and brighter by young people inherently living to the table and by stretching and challenging the thinking of how business has been done historically because Gen Z is all about accepting the fact that we don't have to accept anything. You know, just right. because something has been the way that it is, it's not mean it has to continue to be that way. And that's right. why we at Trip Consulting, we do business very differently. Mm -hmm. And we're extremely proud of that. So what about your team? Yeah. Because finding good people yeah. you can rely on can be so complicated. Yeah. How did you develop this team out? Yeah. So I was really lucky, right? So I, when I started Redefy, I had some amazing friends that I started it with. And then... Through that, I became part of a lot of amazing networks, like the Global mm -hmm. Team Leader Network and Youth Corps and all these different things. And I met thousands and worked with thousands of young people throughout my high school experience from all around the world through different programs and summits and conferences and speaking engagements and the whole thing. Um, and so when I started Jew, I went to the people that I thought were perfect for it. And um, I was really blessed to know a lot of amazing, wonderful people. And 
the most important criteria for me when choosing a team is who will challenge me most and choosing that person. Right. A lot of people choose the opposite, you know, yeah. who will do what I say, yes, right? And I, and everyone who works for me knows this, that every, all of my closest friends and all the people who are closest to me in the company and who are the highest are the people who challenge me the most. The people who stretch my thinking and aren't afraid to call me out and aren't afraid to tell me that I'm wrong and aren't afraid to poke a hole in my ego and, or many, and <laughs> I think that that was really important that when I started Redefine and Drew that I surrounded myself with people who constantly kept me on my toes, you know, and are some of my best friends, people that I love with my whole heart, but also people who aren't afraid you know, to confront me and to challenge me and to push me to be better. And so that was sort of some of my strategy in terms of coming up with my teams, but we've also been really blessed with the power of social media, right? And the internet right. and press. And so, so many amazing, wonderful people just apply, you know, and we've coordinated efforts where we have nonprofit partnerships and all sorts of different things that we work with to make sure that we're trying to reach as many young people as possible from all different corners and all different lived experiences and are, is really intentionally uh, diverse, you know, and we want to represent the most diverse generation properly and adequately. And so our team is a reflection of the lived experiences of so many different people and individual experiences, and we're really proud uh, to champion that. And we're constantly looking and, and working with really exciting talent from all sorts of corners and experiences. Uh, yeah, and, it's in, and I, I love my team more than anything. And when I get accolades or cool interviews, you know, what I always say is, you know, like, yeah, it's cool, whatever, but that's not, that's not, it's much of a, it's much more a reflection of my amazing team than me. And the reason why I can go to school and do this and do all these things is because uh, I've been so lucky to have amazing, amazing teams. That's also the reflection of a good leader, though. I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know no, about you that. have to give yourself credit where it's due. I don't know about that. Um, so then obviously from all the research that you've done and work with Gen Z before, what are some of the different qualities and desires you see of this generation that are really setting them apart from older generations and that are helping them advance and kind of push themselves to new limits? Yeah, absolutely. So what we always say about Gen Z is that we're the generation of we, right? And so millennials are known as the I generation, the generation that fought for self-expression, freedom of expression, to be able to do what you want. What Gen Z is saying is, thank you for fighting that battle, millennial. But we're now about saying that many of us can do whatever the hell we want, right? We can do whatever the heck we want. Um, and we're saying, and we're constantly thinking in terms of we, because I think social media, social media natives, we've been connected to so many thousands of people, right? And so when we're thinking about who to vote for or what to do and how to make decisions, we're not just thinking of people who live in our block. We're thinking about the thousands of people that we're connected to and that we know about. And so our mindset is fundamentally much more so in this we right, and we make decisions based on that, and when we think about how to mobilize, we don't just think about what can I do to change the world, what can we do to change the world, right, and I think that there's so many movements and so many examples, and I think our company's reflection of that is about the power of many, right, and I think that the plurals were the first generation that thinks in terms of we, because we are thinking about how do we connect, you know, and how are we connected, and how do we build capacity as a generation, and what I always say is we're a generation of memes and movements, right, and they're two sides of the same coin, right, so, us creating memes and changing the way they communicate, we're using that, right, to then influence public policy, you know, to influence popular discourse, and to influence real things and make things move in powerful and transformative ways. And so I think that we're really distinctive in that every generation has been disruptive, right? Every young generation has been disruptive. I ask hard questions of the way the systems have been, but what makes us distinct is the tools that we have access to allow our disruptions to be mainstream, 
and our minds are social media natives allows us to be uniquely pluralistic in that disruption. Right. So that power because of the tools and because of our mindset, I think, cannot be understated. Uh, and I am so, so proud to champion that every single day of my life. Right, definitely. And we have to mention this as well. At 19, you and Juve were even profiled in the New York Times, which is insane. So obviously, yeah. your career has really been taking off. And at the same time, however, you're you're still studying at Yale, which we all know is definitely not the, the easiest university to go to. So what role does balance and organization play in your life? Yeah, so my life is definitely a lot of juggling, uh, no doubt, and, and, and I don't always keep all the balls in the air all the time, and like I said, I have, an ama- I have amazing teams and friends and family who support me in, in such wonderful and helpful ways, um, and I'm so, so grateful for that, and so, yeah, it's a lot, and I'm on the train a lot, and I'm in transit a lot, and I'm balancing a lot and juggling a lot, but fundamentally, I love what I do, I love my, I love what I learn at Yale, I love what I do in my company, I love still overseeing my organization. I love doing progressive advocacy. I love the many things that I do. And so it doesn't always feel like work, right? And I work with some of my best friends and study with my best friends and et cetera. And so my life is just sort of fluid. Like I could, like people sometimes ask me, how much hours do you spend on this versus that? Like I can't even quantify it. It's just like I have a to-do list that's, you know, everything. And I don't have like, I don't have a nine to five. I just like work all the time and hang out with people all the time. It's just like, it is what it is. My life is super fluid and nonstop. Um, and I think my advice to people, though, and I think that's the implicit point of your question, right, is, you know, how do I manage Yale and running a company and the whole thing? And priorities are always number one when it comes to mind, but uh, it's also about building amazing teams and, and working with people that you really respect and trust and love. Um, but it's also knowing your limits, right, and, and knowing when you can't. Um, and being willing to sacrifice some things. You know, I don't get to spend the weekends with my friends at Yale that I love so deeply, and I do miss out on things, you know, and I, there are things that I miss, and et cetera, and like to each their own, like we're all on our own journey, and I don't think you could have it all. And I think that that's important to always tell other young people, I think, that we make decisions and you make choices, and you can have that which is most important to you, but we shouldn't expect to be perfect, and we shouldn't expect to always hit the mark 100% on everything. But yeah, I've had a wonderful year building at Yale and building the company and have had a lot of great successes. Um, but there's also moments that suck, you know, and that aren't perfect. Um, and I think that social media and stuff can always show you those highlights and not those lowlights. But the lowlights exist. For me, they're absolutely worth it. And I love what I do every single day. But it's a, it's a matter of balancing. It's also a matter of structuring things, how they work for you. So like the class I was telling, uh, uh, Emma earlier, like, you know, the classes that I take are very thoughtful and I have to strategize months in advance to make them a schedule the way that I want so that I can do the back and forth and there's a lot of strategy and planning that goes into what I do and so if you love something I think enough and want to do it, it's all about making the intentionality, planning, figuring out your shortcomings, figuring out your strengths and playing to your strengths wherever you can. Yeah, absolutely. And so sort of the other side of that coin is that given that you are you know, a 20 year old CEO, and quite often you are like the youngest yeah. person representing at the table. Yeah. How often do you deal with adults who may not believe that you and like Juve as a company have something really important to bring yeah. to the table? And how do you handle those situations to prove both yeah. yourself and your company as a whole? Yeah, I ask them if they know what a fence is. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So we call them out on their bluff. Right. They yeah. say that they have great research. You know, they say that um, 
they don't need to understand us, et cetera, right? And so we say, okay, that's true. Do you know X, Y, and Z? And they don't, right? right. And so I think by exposing the gaps in knowledge, it really proves the worth of working with us right. because it shows them that there are these massive trends that are happening online and massive movements that they have no idea about. Well, do you know what Discord is, right? Do you, yeah. know what, do you know what this TikTok challenge is, right? Do you know, and they have no idea, right? And so it shows that to get those type of insights and have strategy that builds off those insights are really the only solution. Yeah. Right. And so it's not usually a hard sell. People usually believe that what we do is exciting and important. Mm -hmm. They don't always believe that it's for them right now or that they have a budget for it right now. Um, right. But I think people are usually really impressed and excited by our work. But there's definitely, I think, the bigger challenge is having them see us as equal partners. Right. Rather than just this one off, you know, cool insights group sometimes. And so that we're doing by just being really good at what we do, you yeah. know, and delivering a great service. Um, that changes their thinking and it's disruptive and that's important and that's professional but also fun. And a lot of clients love working with us because calling other teams is their favorite part of their day. Yeah. You know, because we're energetic and we think differently. You hire consultants because they don't, they're not treated by your bureaucracy. You hire us because yeah. we're not treated by any bureaucracy. Right? We're just students living our lives, doing our thing, and then we jump on the phone and we come up with these bold, big ideas that change everything. Right. right? And so I think our value prop is pretty clear. And if you want to understand Gen Z, uh, there's not really a better solution that's out there. Um, and I think that we have a track record and really close relationships with a lot of very powerful people now that it's not too hard of a sell because we have a track record, people know our work, people know us. We've had some great moments this past year. Um, they're still always convincing to be done, you know, and schmoozing to do. Um, but it's fun and it's good. And I think most people by and large believe in us. But a lot of them are just like, we need to figure out those millennials first. And we're like, no, you've missed the boat. Right. So just to kind of build off of that some of this is for my personal curiosity and some yeah. of it is more just like based on founding a company but from starting out to now like how often did you and do you now have to like pitch companies your services versus them reaching out to you so it's like really depends on the week and the month and etc yeah. we don't have a sales team so like we don't okay. have anyone we don't like we're not linkedin in mailing like reaching out to <laughs> random people etc um, my job as CEO is to do most of our pitching and sales. Okay, yeah. So what that looks like is a mixture of when people reach out to us by email or because of word of mouth or et cetera, we're impressed. I mean, we take, they take calls, go to the meetings, do pitch meetings. Right. Combination of, you know, networking and then this person knows this person, you can make an intro, et cetera, right. right? A lot of that, a lot of doing repeat contracts, you know, facilitating your relationship with your existing clients, et cetera, uh, doing speeches and then people being interested when you give a speech, right. et cetera. So it's, it's a mix of everything, um, but we don't. You don't have a dedicated sales team we for don't, like we new don't. business no, pitching we, we don't right now, over the summer, some of our senior partners will be doing a little, doing a little mm -hmm. bit of pitching, but we've been growing really, really fast just the organic interest yes. because there's such a need for what we do. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of like really going to an event, you know, meeting the people, you know, getting the cards, following up, it's a lot of follow-ups, it's a lot of oh, yeah. you know meetings and pitches and building relationships. And I love the people we work with and, and we say no to a lot of people. So like, I'm not desperate, you know, and I'm interested in doing work that makes tomorrow better and brighter, right? right? And so we say no to clients, you know, we do work that we think we believe in and it doesn't always mean that it's 100% purpose-driven, but it means that it doesn't make the world worse, right? right. And so we, we're, we're, we're really thoughtful, right, about what we do and how we do it. Um, and I'm really proud of that. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So then kind of to kind of summarize this conversation and wrap it up, uh, we want to ask, how do you think that social media and modern technology is kind of changing entrepreneurship for Generation Z? Yeah, I think in every way possible, right? Yeah. I think that nothing about my nonprofit or my company would be possible on social media. I think what's crazy about Zoom Consulting is we not only pay kids to talk about their Finstas, we get paid by companies to explain to them what our Finstas are, yeah. right? And I think we're at this really unique spot where social media is controlling so much buying power, cultural trends, social justice movements, so many important hot button things that people care so much about. And as young people, we disproportionately control those tools of the hashtag, the memes, and gifs, and the finstas, you know, et cetera. And we know how to optimize these tools to maximize our impact. And so what's really special about that is there's so much value there, right? And I think a lot of young people think, like, oh, I'm not good at anything. Or, you know, like, I haven't found my passion. Well, if you love social media, you can monetize that. Oh, yeah. Right? And I think that's a really cool place to be, that any of us can monetize what we love. You know, that I get to do this work at 20 and do it well and in the offices at Times Square where we are right now, right? And I think that, I hope at least that social media is democratizing opportunity. I think that hopefully we're a testament of that, the fact that so many young people are getting their first paycheck, traveling for the first time because of our work and because of consulting with you consulting. And I think that that's really exciting. Uh, and it allows us to connect with people thousands of miles away and build something together, which connects back to our mindset as plurals, you know, as activists. Um, and I think that as change makers, as entrepreneurs, or the fact that we can connect with folks thousands of miles away and build something meaningful together, I think is so beautiful, right? And yeah. so, so powerful. And social media really makes that possible. And I think the most important thing for social media for me is it's allowed me to learn about so many things that I'd never otherwise know about and connect with so many people that I'd never otherwise meet. And the, and the two in tandem has made me a much smarter, better, more empathetic person. I still have a lot of learning to do and I'm still probably wrong about a lot of things, but I think because of social media, I'm a lot better at everything that I do and everything that I think. Um, and that doesn't mean it's not a double-edged sword, right? Social media definitely has silos and is really toxic for a lot of people. And the social media companies can do better jobs at making their spaces safe and their algorithms work for the consumer instead of the customer. Um, and I have a lot of thoughts about that. But I think that fundamentally, social media is a tool that we can use to make tomorrow better and brighter. Uh, and at least that's my hope that it stays that way. Oh my gosh, wise words, wise words. So we have to wrap up now, yeah. but thank you so much for being here, so much for sharing your experiences and your thoughts and your intelligence no, with us thank and you. everyone listening. Uh, can you please tell the people where they can find you, where they can find you, where they can find Redefy online yeah, so they can get in touch? So I'm at Ziad the Activist, Z-I-A-D, the Activist, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, so hit me up there. My website is yachttheactivist.com. Um, and then Juve Consulting, you can find us at juvconsulting.com and all our socials are linked there. And Redefy, we're R-E-D-E-F-Y.org, redefy.org. And where we redefy, so W-E-R-E-D-E-F-Y, across our social media handles on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, so yeah, find us there. We'd love to connect. Uh, and happy to respond to my DMs whenever. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. No, of course. Thank you all for making this platform and for highlighting voices that are cool and exciting.
Thanks for listening to Generation Slay. We have new episodes launching every Tuesday. If you liked what you heard today or felt like you got some great insight from our guest, please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice so that more people will see the podcast and hear what our incredible guests have to say. In the meantime, if you have an idea of someone we should have on the show or just want to talk to us, you can find the podcast at Generation Slay on Twitter and Instagram and at www.generationslay.com. Keep slaying and we'll see you next week.